0: Welcome to Behind the Hype with me, your host, is always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Hardesty. Yo. Uh, week two of D.D. Allen Month. We're uh, moving right along. Pretty good clip. Yeah. Right? Moving right along. Moving <laughs> ever so quickly along. Uh, this week, uh, we're doing yet another movie that's about a criminal who we all decide that we kind of like a and char- side with. And
1: charismatic young man.
0: Charismatic young guy. Who did it for the girl did it for the girl kind of kind of <laughs> the girls yeah there yeah are two women involved
1: and did he really do it for either of them i don't
0: know i have no it's idea. kind of muddy it's it's a little muddy but yeah it's so another criminal light in thing uh, this will be the end of our criminal movies for uh well, kind of the end of our criminal movies for dd um i didn't realize how similar the first two movies were until we were about halfway through dog day afternoon i'm like hmm huh.
2: yeah Oops. no I, I... <laughs> I watched Maybe. this and I was like, hold on. this Like, deja vu? Didn't I just yeah, see? A little bit. Wasn't I just feeling Take this level there. of stress?
1: In this one, the kind of duncey driver goes, now I'm out.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> early on.
0: He was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we dive too far into the movie, uh, Chu and I, yet again, did not have any time for a uh, where have they been doing. John, did you have time? I know you really wanted to get to one of them.
2: Yes, I did. And... Funny enough, I watched one that is also very similar to this movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I watched a movie called *The Missouri Breaks*, Ooh. which I, after looking through her filmography, I was like, let's just go to the posters and decide. And this poster had Jack Nicholson on it and Marlon Brando, and I was like, okay, cool, I'm doing this one. And yeah, it's essentially a story about cattle rustler or horse uh, rustlers, horse thieves, uh, of which Jack Nicholson is one. They antagonize a guy, a baron in Montana, and he hires Marlon Brando, this regulator, to go and kill them all. And so it's this kind of slow-moving cat-and-mouse game as a really goofy, wacky Marlon Brando tries to take down Jack Nicholson.
0: I now need to see this movie. Goofy and wacky Mm. Marlon Brando is not
2: something I don't... No. I, I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> just to give you an idea of what's going, like, just the type of thing to expect. He's uh, he's playing an Irish uh, Irish American regulator, so he's got that he's got a really over exaggerated Irish accent. Oh boy! His weapon is a, uh, a, a like a throwing star thing. Cruel! And he's and he's he's a sharpshooter. He's also like he also dresses up as a a, um, a pilgrim maid as he shoots one of the guys and. His entrance in the movie involves him riding on the side of a horse, hidden from view from the person he's introducing himself to, and he kinda of pokes himself, he pokes out from underneath the horse to go like, hi. It is so tonally weird, but as and as we'll go to with this actual movie we're talking about today, Dog Day Afternoon, there are moments of that DD Allen like kind of strange, like quick cuts of emotion and violence preceded by a lot of just slower-moving, t- you know, tension-building things. Sure. It, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, the only uh, thing to note, though, is that she wasn't the only editor on this. So when you watch it, you can kind of tell where her hand was heaviest because that the editing was, as we've seen before in uh, Bonnie and Clyde and as we'll talk about in Dog Day Afternoon, very strong and purposeful, but there's also a lot of lag in there too. So I made it sound a little bit more exciting than it is. Um, I forgot to even mention uh, Randy Quaid's also in this as a younger oh, guy, boy. younger wrestler. Yeah, it's and oh, what, um, is this movie?
0: what is this called? Again? Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson,
2: <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Marlon Brando and Randy Quaid.
1: Yeah, but what what is this called again?
2: Uh, the Missouri Breaks. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton's in it. As uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's a who's who of people and the movie was a bomb in the theater it, it's like it didn't work well it didn't play well
1: <laughs> so can we watch this and heaven's gate together
2: no
0: oh come on i'd much rather watch this one than heaven's Gate. i'm not watching heaven's, I Day. Watch heaven's I'm not Gate. not doing it it's too long Ugh. it sounds awful <laughs> i know it's, like, it's three days long not watching it
1: you know you <laughs> You had me watch one of those.
0: I thought you were enjoying it. It wasn't until the movie ended Mm. going that was awful. I didn't say it was
1: awful. I said it's not really for me. hashtag The Irishman.
0: Hey, I
2: like that movie. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So yeah, so the Missouri Breaks. If you're uh, curious at all, it's definitely worth it for the experience of it and just seeing a, a very strange Marlon Brando performance.
0: I mean, that's the same reason I always recommend... uh, What's the name of that movie with Russell Crowe that we watched?
1: With Marlon Brando?
0: No, with Russell Crowe. (laughs) Which one? The one with the green suit, and he plays a Looney Tunes character.
1: Oh, Virtuosity. Virtuosity,
0: yeah. It's the same reason I always recommend people watch that one, because it's like, what the fuck is this Russell Crowe performance? It's a a must-watch. And I was very begrudgingly enjoying it the whole time, but as I got farther and farther away from my... Nah, I love that movie. (laughs) You're like, shoot, I actually enjoy this. Darn it. Damn it. That was pretty entertaining. Stupid movie. (laughs) Russell Crowe eating glass to heal himself. (laughs) Real stupid movie.
1: Can we rewatch that movie?
0: Yeah, at some point, sure, why not? (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) I'm sure we're going to do a Russell Crowe month at Uh, some point. We kind of have to.
1: I love that movie. Oh
0: my god, we should do two Russell Crowe months. like, Russell Crowe month. And then we'll have Sam phone in and do Fat Russell Crowe Month. Hey. And Sam will be so happy. You know, I never like no.
1: calling him Fat Russell Crowe. He's just normal person Russell Crowe. It's just Let's so call much him fun
0: to call him Fat Russell Crowe Because he's clearly not Russell fat. Crow. Comfortable
2: Russell He's Hollywood. Fat.
0: Yeah, Comfortable <laughs> Russell Crowe is actually a little bit better. Uh,
1: Russell Crowe might be happy.
0: Russell Crowe the day after Thanksgiving with his turkey belly. Oh. Yes, yeah, sweatpants <laughs> Russell Crowe. you know? <laughs> Sweatpants was across Sounds like we're going the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk about this afternoon, this this dog day afternoon. It's a real, oh, real my
1: dogs are barking. Oh, his dogs are barking. Someone needs to turn on the air conditioning.
0: Lot, lots of pacing in front of a bank, yeah. screaming about a jail. Attica, Attica, <laughs> Attica, and, and you're killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. Sorry, wrong movie. Oh boy,
1: dude. If I had a husband that kept saying I'm dying constantly every time we <laughs> fight, too, I'd yell at him.
2: Oh, but I'm dying here. Anymore. I'm dying here. I mean, I can't what do you stop. want me to do? What do you want me to do? No,
1: all I'd have to do is point it out that you say it, and you'd stop doing it. Yeah, like I'd... how you how you used to say, "Let's put a pin in it." I pointed that out <laughs> to you, and then you stopped saying
2: it. Did I
0: say that? You said, "Yeah." Let's put a pin in it.
1: Yeah. I thought it was well, a different
0: one. Twist my arm, why don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah twist, twist my, my arm. arm. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, used not. to say that all the time. I don't really ever say twist yeah, my arm anymore. Yeah. No. Yeah. I feel like part of me died. Yeah, yeah we well, lost a part of Brian like, that day.
2: Is
1: that what everyone says? I'm supposed to kill you a little
0: bit every day? Yikes. It's the tiny death? Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be Corona that's killing us every day, but no, it's just Chewy. It's wives. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Okay, so let's, uh, let's dive into this. I did a... Uh, I did the last one. Whose turn is it to say what happens in this movie? Chewy, why don't you do it? You look like you're just rearing to say everything that happens in this movie as quickly as possible.
1: All right. So you got some dudes. They yep. walk into a bank, and they decide, we're going to rob this bank. And one of them goes, nah, in skedaddles. Uh, he's the hero of the movie. Because uh, he got bad vibes. That guy was... He was right. He, was, Yeah. He felt that mojo and went, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> of course, of course.
1: <laughs> so, Al Pacino needs to stick it out. And uh, Meryl Streep's ex fiance also sticks it out. And he just kind of looks sad the whole movie. Like, he's ready to kill people because he thinks he should. Sal's not really a very defined character. You know, they really don't do much with Sal. No, it's it's
0: the Sonny show. for Yeah, it, sure.
1: yeah. Um, so Sonny uh real start is over his head but he handles it really well because it turns out there really isn't any money in the bank they said the money was picked up early in the afternoon and i'm like who picks up money from a bank people bring money to a bank so i'm confused by this but i'm not a banker uh, well, It kind
2: of makes sense right
1: i don't know where it goes to a bigger bank
2: <laughs> it's like gringotts probably <laughs> it just disappears into an underground vault guarded by a dragon like, yeah, that sounds cool. I, yeah,
1: I don't get it. Whatever.
2: Poor tortured but, dragon who can't see sunlight. But either
1: way, he doesn't really get as much money as he wanted. And then when he thinks he's about to leave, turns out the cops are there. Womp womp. Uh, and then it's a big standoff. And and it ends up in the thing where a criminal thinks he's going to get on a plane and get away scot-free. And I ask the world,
0: when did that work? It had to have worked one time, right? For, yeah. Like or is one it one ju- time. Or
1: is it just a movie thing? <laughs> Where they like to make it seem like it might work, or is it
0: like a it was wasn't a movie thing? They put it in movies, and now it's a real thing.
1: I've never heard of it happening in real life. I guess it's fair. I've also never researched
0: it. Neither have I. I always kind of forget about it, like ten seconds after we see that situation. So
1: yeah, but it doesn't work out. End of the story. Uh, Sal, Sal gets Sal shot gets right shot in, the face. in the head because he's not a divine character. You really don't feel that bad when he dies.
0: I felt oh, a little bad.
1: I felt a little bad, I guess. But no, all at the same time. Uh, and Sonny feels bad, but also doesn't look like he feels that bad. He looks more disappointed.
0: He looks more shell-shocked to me. Yeah. Like that looked like I was going to die. I'm not dead.
1: Oh, I thought I took it more of a, I thought I had it handled. I thought I was in control.
0: We'll talk about it cuz I have a very different take on this movie than that. Uh, um we'll get to that after we get done talking I think about it. It Didi. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, the movie. Yeah, that, that actually is the movie. Well done. Um, so let's let's dive in first into the uh, the editor. Um, I feel like there's some some quality editing here that we should talk. about. Mm-hmm. Um, so first and foremost, though, before we dive straight into D.D., I will mention that this is a Cindy Lumet movie, and Cindy Lumet definitely has his Sydney own.
1: Lumet.
0: Is it Lumet? I always thought I it was don't. Lumet. Um, I'm very American. I'm gonna keep calling I don't Lumet. Know. Uh, we're doing <laughs> yeah, another Sydney one Lumet movies next week. Uh, also, also edited by D.D. Allen. I guess they were pals. Um, <laughs>
2: They're best buds.
0: But there is something to be said about ha- because the obviously the director for Bonnie and Clyde, whose name I forget right now, is also a very accomplished director, mm-hmm. a very good director. Uh, this is the same case. So there is something to be said about having a very strong director with a very singular vision, uh, sometimes overpowering the vision of an editor. And watching these two movies, not back to back, but very close, you really get to see... Uh, her style in specific scenes, which I thought was really cool because these are two very, very different strong-willed directors. And then the similarities between the two movies I thought were just really kind of fascinating. Um, But before I dive into mine, did you guys notice any?
1: Well, yeah. It's all about a tumultuous time in America where people weren't feeling very good. There was a recession. There's a big oil crisis. Uh, Post Vietnam, people were angry, just like the Depression. Yeah.
0: Uh, I meant more in the the style of editing than just oh, the to the movies. Oh, never mind.
2: Yeah, no, I I, I did notice it because I watched them pretty close together, like actually one day like a day after the other. And what struck me the most was just how it starts with you knowing where it's going to go, like you, you know what's going to happen, and it kind of teases like like this is a bad news, you know. You've got in Dog Day Afternoon the guy like the other criminal being like no I'm peacing out and you're like ah this isn't gonna go well and same with Bonnie and Clyde like yeah you guys like it didn't turn out well so then you've kind of got this building tension as you know roughly where it's gonna go but the movie stays steady until like an explosive end like it it felt very paced similarly to where I was like like I joked earlier like this is oh you know deja vu but no it, it they felt of the same pace like I was watching two movies you know cut the same way even though they weren't you know
0: yeah no like there is definitely her pacing is very clear um and the way that she cuts scenes together is very similar between the two like she really knows when to hold on certain people versus others um because obviously like if you know anything about film um there's a lot of coverage that happens like and especially in a movie like this there's so many people we're gonna get shots of everyone and you need to know who to focus on and the one of her strong suits is knowing who to focus on in these very long scenes. And since this entire movie takes place primarily in one location, um, with, it was between this movie or Breakfast Club, because I want to do one of her movies that takes place in one spot. Um, we chose this one because she got her first Academy Award nomination, hooray! Um, <clears throat> there's something to be really interesting about, specifically, um, the phone calls is what I thought were like the most interesting parts. Both with Moretti the the police officer, uh, the hostage negotiator guy, and then later on with his two wives and uh was the only two people he called, right? Just the the wife and the, yeah, he never called the wife and mom. the baby mama. Yeah. No, his mom talked to him outside, so
1: Yeah.
0: Um but those phone calls were really interesting throughout <laughs> the entire movie of who's talking when. I uh, who's on camera when. And it was always really expertly done of to kind of build tension of like the who is more stressed, whereas in like uh, Bonnie and Clyde, it always felt like who's getting the information or who's going to be reacting to the information. It felt like that was the more important person on camera. Whereas this one, it always felt to me like who is uh, who's closer to their breaking point was the one that we saw more often. So it was a lot of Al Pacino because he's the one who's very stressed and very in this situation. He's handling the situation to the best of his capabilities, which is better than you probably would have expected. But it's still. When he's starting to push Moretti's buttons and Moretti's starting to get stressed, then we stay with him a little bit longer. We ease off of Al Pacino, and that's kind of the theme throughout the entire movie. And the way that they're able to do that with these very long cuts, like it's not a very cutty film. It's like uh, similar to Bonnie and Clyde in that regard, where it's only cutty when there's something like, "Oh my God, happening." Um, for example, when the uh, not as cutty as like the death at uh, the death of Bonnie and Clyde. I,
1: I don't feel like it was as cutty as Bonnie and Clyde at all. Like. No,
0: the the scene that I thought was like the closest to that, and it's still way less intense, was when they were trying to get through the back door. Oh. That's when it really the cuts really started happening a lot faster because they had to react oh, yeah. fast. And when the cuts started speeding up, that's when the action started picking up. And it kind of made sense that it's just like we have the guys are piling down the window, we have him taking the shot out the window, <laughs> we have the people in the front, we have the people in the back, <laughs> we have him running around the bank, and it's just boom, 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 boom. But otherwise, it's pretty slow. Like They let their shots sit. They let the conversations last. Like That was also really a strong suit of Cindy Lumet, which is why I brought him up. Um, because there are a lot of those, especially towards the end of the film, when he's kind of... And this is where uh, Chung and I apparently disagree. I thought he's like, well, I fucked up. I'm going to take this thing as far as I can. But I'm pretty sure I lost. And it's him just going... I'm going to have this very long uh, explanation of what I want done with my, um, with my life insurance policy. I want to have these very long conversations with my wife. I want to have a very long conversation with the mother of my children. Um, and it is these very long, drawn out, very dark scenes that in a, in a lesser film would be tremendously boring. Because the whole movie has been tense and high pressure and oh my god, how are they going to make it out of it? And then as things start slowing down towards the end when most movies would be ramping up, is where it's like, well, the emotion is ramping up while the action is going down. And I think that takes a lot of strength from both the editor and the director to actually pull that off in a way that is still entertaining. Especially as we've been used to the more high-action or high-octane stress of the beginning of the film. Yeah.
1: Which is interesting because
0: this... Oh, go ahead, sorry.
1: The most interesting conversation to me in this whole movie was the one between... Sonny and Leon.
0: Oh yeah, it was, absolutely.
1: It was the only scene that had a long uh, dolly shot, where they had the whole thing. <laughs> I think it was the whole thing. I don't think um, Sunny might have been cut into a little bit, but when they're in the back of the barber shop. Oh yeah. With Leon sitting against the wall, and the in the shot were moving past the. The chairs oh, yeah. to Leon while he's talking to Sonny. Uh, and there's not a I can't think of any other mo- part of the film where we have that type of movement, and it's just moving on to Leon while it's still it's just a still uh, close up shot on Sonny during that conversation, and it's the only time where Leon doesn't have anyone around him like he yeah. looks like he's alone so in the way that that's edited it feels very intimate between him and Sonny during that conversation Uh, and then you have a moment of, I don't know if it's a moment of tension or a moment of comedy depending on how you read it, when we realize that the cops have been listening the whole time to the conversation uh, and that it hasn't been a private conversation though it feels very private while you're watching it and I love that moment too when they edit it and uh Leon is just, Sonny says, Okay, Leon, are they off the phone now? And Leon just kinda looks at them and they're the, Clearly
0: not budging. Clearly
1: <laughs> not budging. Yeah, they it cuts to the FBI agent who just complete blank face, hasn't moved at all, and then it cuts back to Leon and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not on anymore. <laughs> I'm like, it's tense, but also kind of funny. The I think <laughs>
0: the initial cut to, the, like, wait, are they all on the phone? And they cut to just, like, 20 officers all yeah. listening and, and to the and call. And you're like, oh, no,
1: Leon's not alone.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, this uh, this very intimate phone yeah. call has been very public.
1: So I thought, to me, I, that was one of my favorite parts in the movie. Oh, yeah. The, the it, way it was edited, set up, and everything. And
0: I'd say that entire sequence is what got Leon his Academy Award nomination. Yeah. He's so good in that scene. Al Pacino's great throughout the whole movie. Definitely deserved his nom as well. But that sequence for Leon is just incredible. Yeah. Um,
2: I even like how they Like they crammed All those police officers In one frame too Just to Go opposite of what Like as you were saying Chewie like It was so intimate And just those two And then you've crammed Everyone else into the frame In a different cut It's just like There's so many Strong decisions going on In this scene Oh yeah Oh
0: yeah It's just It's done So impeccably well Um, And that's not Like that's one great scene In a movie that is Just chock full of great scenes Like uh, I think for me, if I wasn't gonna pick that one, just for like the way it's edited and the way that it's done, as I love him going through the. uh, I guess it's a limousine. It's a '70s limousine. No, it's
1: a shuttle. It's a shuttle. It's it's an airport shuttle. They
0: keep calling a limousine.
1: Yeah, I don't know why.
0: What terminology?
2: It's forever ago. So it's a horrible limousine if it is one.
0: Yeah. So whatever the vehicle is that takes them from the bank to the. To the airport. I love him going through that with the undercover cop, and it's just one of those things. The second the guy shows up, like even even when I was a kid, this a kid. I get uh, yeah, I was a kid. I was in high school when I saw it the first time. I'm like, mmm, cop, cop, yeah, I think cop. Like some random schmo. Yeah, <clears throat> right. It just didn't feel right, and I just love the whole time he's talking to him and the guys. I like trying to play him a little bit, and it, it's just done so like almost casual that it's just kind of like it, it's a great way to try to keep you off your guard. And it does such a good job of it with with Al Pacino of, like, Al Pacino doesn't let on that he knows it's a cop until the very end.
1: Yeah. But little does he know, he ends up with an android named Bishop. Oh, but my God. he's he, completely different. He, he made the
0: wrong choice.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Waylon Utani said that Sal had to die, <laughs> and Bishop listens to Whalen yutani <laughs>
1: I still think of him as Bishop. I know, it's just an android of the guy that guy,
0: but whatever. Bleah. He's Bishop. Yeah.
2: I agree. Thank you. Um, could you make sure and point that gun uh, up there <laughs> so you, you say? don't shoot me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so let's just kind of uh, – is there anything else editing-wise that we didn't really mention that we, we feel we need to mention for for Dee on this one? I, I think she did another great job. I, I think that the pacing was excellent. I think she absolutely deserved her Academy Award nomination. Um. Was there anything
2: yeah. that we missed that you guys want to bring up? No, we've we've, tu- we've pretty much touched on it, the fact that just, I don't know, it, it's weird. For something that's just so drawn out and l- low low action, I was freaking stressed the whole time. Like, I was at the edge of my seat. I didn't have a lot of seat to be at the edge of, but my God. Yeah. I
0: mean, Like, it's those, just, those it's humorous moments, moment I needed
2: that. I needed those, like, like my favorite scene is just when it ends. When the, you know, Sal gets shot in the head and everything just deflates. Because like, I needed that. It was like, I need that final moment. Like, the stress had been building I so w- much.
1: I spent most of the movie going, this is based on a real true story. And I was looking at the Wikipedia and being like, this is based on a true story. Like, this happened. Nowadays, yeah. none of this would happen.
0: They would have shot him in a second. Yeah. In a second. Yeah. And the only reason they didn't was that Attica thing.
1: Because they felt bad.
0: They didn't feel bad. They had a PR problem. Uh. We can't keep gunning down innocent people.
1: But he wasn't innocent.
0: <laughs> well, no, but all the hostages inside that would have died after they killed him, when Sal started open firing, they would have taken the blame for it.
2: Yeah.
0: So, sticky time.
2: Mm.
0: Sticky time. Um, so just a little bit about the movie itself. Like It is interesting that we did two true crime movies back to back and luckily you know we're doing a third one next week everyone knows the true crime of the whiz uh <laughs>
1: i've never seen the Wiz, so i don't
0: it's a joke it's not a true crime movie at all but i'm very excited for everyone to see it if you haven't the seen real the Wiz, crime is never woo, having seen, seen it week. before <laughs> um but yeah i do like that we did two true, true crime movies uh back to back and they're very different true crime movies um but this one it's one of those movies that when i was a kid like very very young my dad would make me uh my dad would just randomly turn on TV of course and like in between uh, basketball games or baseball games because I'm very much a sports guy uh, he'd just turn on movies because we paid for the movie channels this was one of the few movies that when it came on he wouldn't flip back to the game he would finish the movie Um, it's like this one Butch Cassidy Monty Python the Holy Grail uh, a few other ones
1: your dad doesn't understand absurd humor yet he liked Monty Python
0: loves Monty Python I don't get it loves (laughs) Monty Python (laughs)
1: He can't handle Apple to Apples.
0: No, no. Apples to Apples is a weird game to him.
1: Camelot ah. is a silly place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Either way, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, Bridge Over River was another one. Um,
1: I've also never seen that
0: one. It's a good movie. Uh, you would probably not like it very much. Doesn't
1: Ron uh, Swanson watch yeah, that? that's his favorite movie. Yeah.
0: He and my dad have something in common. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, <laughs> um... But yeah, so there was always that scene. Like, it's a very, very famous scene. Most people who haven't even seen Dog Day Afternoon, even if you don't know where it came from, the scene of Al Pacino running up and down in front of the bank, screaming Attica. Most people are at least aware of that in some form.
1: I became aware of it in the league.
0: <laughs> Gattaca,
1: Gattaca. I don't think he's even
0: seen that movie. It's terrible. <laughs> Which is, he's also wrong. I like Gattaca. I think Gattaca's a good movie. Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, it's a good movie.
2: Uh, oh, man, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, And I saw that episode of Bob's Burgers, which Bob Day Afternoon. I had no idea was about this movie. Yep,
0: it's called Bob Day Afternoon. (laughs) They don't really hide it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this movie just has a a a really big presence in pop culture, and yet I feel like the movie's kind of been forgotten a little bit. Like especially like, like Al Pacino's repertoire. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, I heard he was really good in that movie, but no one really saw it. Like our generation really kind of let this one go.
1: I think a lot of bands in the mid-2000s saw it because they liked the hair.
0: <laughs> it <Fair>. that <laughs> could have just that that fair.
2: the 70s.
1: Oh, no. Al Pacino's hair, specifically Al Pacino's hair, when he gets out of the limousine, not limousine, just the car in the beginning of the movie. That's some quaffed style right there.
0: <laughs> it looked good on him.
1: Yeah.
0: Al Pacino's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. He also says fuck better than anyone in the business other than maybe Brendan Fraser. Um, yeah. Watch doom patrol yes um but yeah like there's just something that's kind of interesting about this movie and i didn't know if you guys had had the similar feeling i don't know if either one of you had seen this movie before uh before this and it's like it's an interesting thing that this movie had such a monumentous impact on our culture but i feel like nobody watches it
2: yeah no in college it was always um scarface that was the pacino one right and like oh that's the one that's all the one like, any guy would talk about watching, as sort of like ah oh, badass, and then like with all the rock star games that just that that kind of solidified that in like at least pop culture as the main one to talk about. Because I had heard of this movie by name, but I've, I've known no one who's talked about it at length. It hasn't really sat in my consciousness, but like I don't understand why because this one is to me more powerful. Stronger and just like oh, I've never been so stressed. Like it, it's to me, this is the stronger. This is one is worth pervading the culture. You know.
1: Well, that just gets back to what is a man in pop culture? Is a man a lunatic who's raving about his
0: his little friend?
1: His little friend, <laughs> which could be a gun or it could be his penis, or are we going to talk about a man who is in love with two different women and it's complicated and he has a lot of
0: one of those is a transgender yeah. woman who is uh, pre op. So, like, that's a big deal He's in that really time. confident
1: and he's in a pickle and he needs to use his mind to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, which one's easier for more people to grasp onto? I mean, the penis. Yeah. <laughs> So they're, <laughs> yeah, they're going to go All with All
0: easier to grab a penis
1: <laughs> So they're going to gravitate toward the machismo film
0: But let's be honest Scarface kind of sucks right? I've
1: never seen Scarface That's, I really haven't had much
0: interest I, 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 Yeah, it, it loses
2: me very quickly
0: Not a very good movie This no. is a very good movie But there is something to be said Like that, yeah If you're looking for the machismo crowd That the guys want to hang a poster on their wall They're probably not going to hang the one Of the guy who was trying to rob a bank To afford his wife's sex change operation into a woman
1: yeah it's a little complex
0: yeah there, there's a lot of weight here and it is it is so interesting as the movie goes on um, like, like this movie's from 40 50 years ago like there's an l- older movie and this movie was doing things that even now would get people like well I'm not watching that movie it's full of ugh, it makes me uncomfortable
1: yeah.
0: and it's it, they don't shy away from it at all
1: now everyone in the movie seems I mean, there's one guy that makes a joke about him being a queer.
0: Oh, the cops have a problem. The like, cops make fun of them, but everyone else is just like, "This is the situation we're in." I
1: don't, not all. I mean, like some of the what look like rookie cops make yeah, the fun uniforms.
0: Of them. Like none of the, like the but, named like, ones. The
1: detectives and everyone's just like, "No, this is serious," and yeah. we're not making fun of anyone. We're yeah, like there's this, l- is, this is what is happening. Like
0: there's the one moment where uh, they they say something, and one of the cops behind him like kind of snickers, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Shut up!" Like <laughs> yeah. this is not the time for this. No, and uh... It is kind of interesting, like because I guarantee you, like there, there's as the movie goes on, like as soon as he is outed, if you will, um, as being married to a man, whenever somebody comes up to the bank and that he has to frisk, he gets woo, <laughs> and it's like oh, yeah, that, that is the time.
1: Well, then they're just being high school. Uh,
0: yeah, but then <laughs> as the movie goes on, then you have, like, the LGBT people show up yeah. as, like, supporting him. And you have other ones that hate him. And, like, you get this big swell of, like, the public outcry of, like, do we love him or hate him or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting seeing how that all goes. And, and I just keep going back to, like, this movie was doing this way before now when it's a very hot button issue now. And it, it should be okay now. And for some reason we still have problems with it. And this movie was addressing it forever ago.
1: My God. I'm sorry, I just got a spiral in my head about how I recently rewatched Airheads and how it's kind of a remake of this movie, but stupid.
0: Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see it. (laughs) Definitely the stupid part is right there. Uh,
1: (laughs) But it's all about going into a place with guns and getting way over your head and then suddenly a big crowd supporting you comes outside and you go outside and freaking Steve Buscemi when he does a showboating thing grabbing his penis at the crowd and they all start cheering.
0: Does he yell Attica? No. That'd be really funny if he did. (laughs) Uh, Dickita. (laughs) But yeah, I, I think that's why. another reason why as we were watching it last night it bothers me that this one's kind of left Public consciousness beyond, like, oh yeah, the movie where he yells Attica and wanted it, like, was not made for Academy Award.
1: Which, honestly, of all the things in this movie, now that I've seen the Attica scene, why? I don't know. It's so short. Yeah. There's so many more interesting parts of this movie.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, like the Doesn't Attica scene, like scene feels the like the such only a blip.
1: Time he yells in this movie. He yells in this movie well, a lot.
0: Al Pacino's in the movie. He's gonna yell. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of his shtick. And he yells very well.
1: He only says Attica, like, what, three times in that That's more rant? than
0: that. He says it a whole bunch.
1: Because
0: mm. when they, they pull back to the helicopter shot, and he's just running up and bouncing, Attica!
1: Attica! No, no, no. Like in, my, in my brain, it didn't last nearly as long as I thought it was going to.
0: No, it's a short scene.
1: Yeah,
0: It's a great scene. Because that's when he gets the crowd
2: on his side. But that scene is in competition with other really great scenes. So it's weird that, yeah, that's the one that we fixate on. Because every every scene every, he's just on all cylinders in this movie
0: oh yeah from, from the very beginning of the movie from the the very scene where i don't remember their their buddy's name who backs out but from the second he's like "Sonny, Sonny, i can't do it like you get so much character development from al pacino and just his his reaction to that like you get so much out of a character who's about to rob a bank hold people up at gunpoint have his a guy be willing to kill for him, and he's like, "Well, my buddy's nervous, so uh, let him out." Like, there's so much there, and it's just such a tiny little moment, but it's wonderful,
2: and yeah, he handles it, it so well. It was the moment that cued me in on what this movie was going to be, really, because I, I had known I knew nothing other than Attica about this. So then, when we got there, he lets him out, and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> this this scene, like, this is what this movie's going to be." Yeah. Oh, damn! I'm in for a ride. Like, I buckled <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah, it's that, and then, you, like, you get to the scene when they're, like, they're
0: finally going to get out, and uh, it's not Carol Kane. It's the, uh, I don't remember what her job was, but they're, he's trying to put him in the safe, and he's like, all right, so you're going to go in the safe, we're going to leave, everyone's fine, and she's like, I can't be in here, I'm going to go to the bathroom, I need to go to the bathroom. And he's like, but, all right, who wants to go to the bathroom? Well, now they all want to go to the bathroom. Well, like, yeah, all right, you right,
1: mentioned w-. bathroom, so now I need yeah, to pee.
0: Yeah, so, all right, so let's everyone go to the bathroom, and it's like, this guy is, he's not a bad guy he's definitely a bad guy but he's not
1: he's not a rapist
0: yeah (laughs) weird bar but like what i'm saying is like yes he's a bank robber he definitely held these people up he definitely scarred them for life that said he also tried to take care of them he got them food when they were hungry he made sure they had a bathroom to go to he teach one of them how to do like uh, his gun salute from being a nom yeah (laughs) he, he was clearly out of his depth for sure but he thought he was doing the right thing. He He's the villain with the heart of gold. He had mm-hmm. the right intentions. And Al Pacino plays that role so well in this movie. It's insane. Like, I, I know I like Al Pacino now. I've always liked Al Pacino. But, like, going back to his early roles, is like, oh, this is why you're around. Like, this is why you're still here. You are a fucking yeah. legend for this stuff. Like, this and Godfather and, like, all of that. Like, he's just so good.
2: Yeah, I wish I'd seen this uh, much earlier. Because... Having only seen the very machismo end of it, I was just like, yeah, Al Pacino. And then with this movie, I'm like, oh yeah, Al Pacino. Yeah. Definitely in italics, you know?
0: Yeah, because like the majority of his roles are far more in that other spectrum, you know. You have the Machismo roles. Like Jack and Jill when he fell in love with Adam Sandler. Um <laughs> Yes. No no one?
1: No, I didn't see that. He, I he did still a... don't remember. You saw it because of Tony.
0: I bought it for Tony as a joke and he ended up kind of enjoying it. Oy. Say it with me now. Fuck Tony. Uh, oh. <laughs> ten people uh. will get that joke. Uh, one of them won't be Tony because I know he doesn't listen to this show. No. Uh, <clears throat> but there's something just kind of like cool about seeing Al Pacino in this more sensitive role, while still battling with like his inner demons to be that machismo role too.
1: Mm. What? It's more of a mask that this guy's wearing to be the machine. I mean, he's got some anger issues. He
0: definitely has anger issues. I'm dying, I'm dying. He held a gun to his wife's head and said that, like, he was going to kill her. Like, he, he yeah. did some shitty things. And
1: then that woman is just ranting about, that's not him. Blah, blah, that's not, I know that's not you. I'm like, are you sure?
0: I'm pretty sure it's him.
1: I feel like this woman doesn't really pay attention to things.
0: Yeah. This is another situation of, like, this guy got back from Nam and probably should have seen a therapist. Yeah. Like, both him and Sal probably could have used a therapist.
1: I don't know what was wrong with Sal.
2: There was something wrong with him, though. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It was very interesting, too, just with his performance. You really got, like, it really cued me in on the sense that, like, no one's listening to him. Like, everyone who, like, all the phone calls punctuate this. Like he's talking, but everyone's also trying to get their own word in. Like especially with the conversation with uh, his wife, and then his mother. Oh yeah. And just as as like those two scenes, the wife and the mother really just punctuates like like listen to him, and like you guys said with the, the therapy, had someone listened to him,
0: maybe this yeah. this movie wouldn't have happened, right? But or hopefully the the real life event wouldn't have happened, right? Um. So that's kind of Al Pacino and everybody in it. Uh, what, what have we missed? Like we, We've we been talking for a little while on this one. Um, I think it's pretty clear we're all pretty big fans of it. Uh, the editing was great. Acting was great. Movie's great. Yeah. And more more people our age should see it. Our age and younger. Because I feel like the generations above us all saw it.
1: It's just hard to get people. It's almost like subtitles. <laughs> You might as well put it in the same category. Here's a quiet character piece that takes place in one location. And subtitles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because bank robbery movies like like, say, Inside Man, which I'm a big fan of, way more intense now. But, like, more intense and somehow less intense? Swordfish?
1: Way more intense.
0: But again, somehow less intense. Like the action is way more intense, but I don't really care what happens. No. <laughs> it's it's hard oh, to pitch it's hard to pitch Hugh something Jack like get this. That blow job. <laughs>
2: Keep hacking, man. Just... Hack away. Hack Woo! away. Oh. Uh, it, it's just it's hard to pitch something like this where you're like it's it's there's no there's little in the way of cuts, it's just it travels along at a normal like a slower pace. But it's really exciting. It's like, yeah, you can't really reconcile that when you try to pitch it to someone like that. Yeah. Um but like it, with our, with my earlier breakdown of Missouri breaks, that's the same like the same pacing. Just slow, deliberate, very um uh uh Red Dead Redemption, but slower. Like it's slow with wacky characters, but like those things are punctuated throughout. So it, it's So Missouri hard. Breaks is the same as Red Dead Redemption? Um does
1: not sound that what
2: is No, <laughs> in, in terms of like weird characters, kooky criminals, and like a criminal gang trying to move on from one thing to the other, there's elements in there that I was like, oh, this is kind of, oh, I recognize some of these elements.
0: That definitely sounds more Red Dead Redemption 1 than 2. Yeah, probably closer two to 1. lost the kooky characters.
2: Yeah. But these movies, uh, both the ones I saw, this this one and Missouri Breaks, they're slow. But that's not a problem. Unless you're, you know, when yeah. you're, unless you're pitching it to someone, because the editing here just really heightens. Everything is heightened. Every shot matters, and we just we want to stick with it. And it's just a, it's a way of watching movies that uh, we've kind of fallen out of with crime movies in general. Yeah, and
0: th- there's something to be said, and uh, we keep using the word slow, and I, I feel like I want to back off the word slow. Like it's not that it's slow; it's that it's willing to take its time.
2: Yeah.
1: It's just slow by our standards today. It's
0: slow by modern standards for sure. Yeah, like like, it's like just
1: the idea of taking your time and just sitting with somebody in a movie now. Yeah, that's taxing for people.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: I have to care about you.
0: Oh, those are the movies I like, though. I know. <laughs> Fuck, I'm old. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, I think it's time to move on to the end of this thing, which is our favorite sequence, if we will. We've already kind of mentioned a few them, but we'll just rattle through them again. Yours was the the phone call with Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was him going through the car. But if it's not the one with him going through the car, I'll just re- change it up just so I'm not repeating myself. I'm gonna go for the sequence where uh, the cops are not talking to Moretti and they try to go through the back door to try to stop the. The thing and that whole sequence is just very, it's the only time where it actually feels like an action movie. I think it's really the only, other than when Sal gets shot in the face, it's really the only time there's a gunshot. Yeah. So yeah. that sequence is just intense and awesome, but just boom,
2: boom. boom, 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 boom. Oh, it's, it's great. It's amazing. Uh, and for me, I, I mentioned earlier that like I really like my favorite scene is like the end when it all just kind of the steam is let out. But uh, it's between that end for me, the beginning like like we said earlier just how that beginning communicates so much of what this movie is going to be it still leaves room for surprise and tension and all that like the book ends of this movie i really really liked it like i like how it began and i really liked how it ended and it's just yeah very strong like you you don't always get both ends of the movie being strong in this way and so punctuated and so memorable
0: oh man the the ending with uh with him on the hood of the car getting handcuffed you have that little moment with the FBI agent. He's like, all right, get him up. And it's like, that's all he says. But you can just see this like, all right, lay off. He knows he lost. <laughs> He's done. Yeah. And it's like he almost yeah. took pity on him for a second. But it's just that moment like, all right, all right, we, we've won. We've won. It's over now.
1: Yeah, he just killed his friend. <laughs> yeah. You, and I, I really don't understand why they had to kill Sal. I feel like there should have been some They life. really
0: seem to want to kill Sal. Yeah,
1: it was strange.
0: But he was the dangerous one. He was the one who was willing to kill people.
1: And, I mean, it's based on a true story, and that guy did die. Yeah. So... And when I read the Wikipedia, it says that the guy, the real Sonny, said, oh, they only got about 30% of it right. So I'm like, what was another 70%? But we'll never know. We'll never know.
0: (sighs) Okay. uh, So I'm not sure if we did this last week, because I honestly don't remember last week, because time... Um, but I really liked what we did with Joe Dante, and I'm going to keep that theme going for a little while now. Um, I'll change it up when I feel like changing it up. Resuse systems are going to be continuing down the double feature route. Oh. A pairing, if you will. If you have to watch this one and another movie, what's it going to be? And I can go first, because I have a great one, and it's a modern film that I feel still holds to this sensibilities. I would watch this and Hateful Eight. Okay. Yeah. I think they both have criminals who are, you know, obviously bad people. Um, they get what they deserve, I guess. But it still is a movie that's absolutely willing to take its time. Okay. I think it would be, be a good, I'm good gonna watch. I'm
1: going to go with airheads. Like I said <laughs> earlier. But no, I remembered what they did now to be like Attica. Rodney King! Rodney oh, King! Holy shit, you're Rodney right. King. Oh my god,
2: you're right. Oh my god.
1: It's a remake, man! It's a remake!
2: How did Airheads get
0: brought into this? <laughs> I didn't realize until you were watching Airheads, I forgot how much I don't like Airheads. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: I remember watching it going, why are they chanting Randy King?
0: Attica. Yes. Yeah, That's entirely what it was. Yep. Oh, my mind is blown right now. <laughs>
2: John, um, top that. I, yeah, <laughs> I can't. Uh, so I won't. But uh, even though I could, say, do this in Missouri Breaks because they pair well together, I'm going to go a little bit uh, slightly off uh, based off of how we did with uh, um, Bonnie and Clyde. I think watch Band of Outsiders from John luc with this because uh, that movie is all about criminals being like who failed a criminal. And this is also a criminal who fails to criminal. But there's so much in between that that's interesting to see and look at and think about. And there's, like, because of the French New Wave, there's some of that editing stuff that really inspired D.D. Allen. I think you watch both of these and you have a very interesting double feature.
0: Sure. Um, Every time you say Jean-Luc Godard, all I think is Captain Jean-Luc Picard, USS Enterprise. (laughs) I don't even like Star Trek, but that song is forever in my head. <laughs> forever. <laughs> my God. Anyhow, so that brings an end to today's episode, and we'll do a quick round of plugs. At first, I will plug our own show, which is Behind the Hype. Next week, tune in for The Whiz. I am so excited. Uh, Make
1: sure to take a whiz before you listen to the episode
0: Or do it while you're doing, you know, headphones That's Uh, Um, that's the beauty of podcasts Be sure to keep listening to Venture Bros We have one final episode where we will be saying goodbye to the series as a whole Until season 8 comes out, whenever the fuck that'll be And be sure to tune into our new show Welcome to You Are Doom, the Frisky Dingo podcast And I am so excited to dive into Frisky Dingo
2: It's going to be a blast Uh, John, what are you plugging? Uh, Demon Days, an actual play podcast. We are still playing at the table and having a great time, and uh, yeah, cool, Chewy,
1: Superstore, Superstore, coming back at you for season six in twenty twenty.
0: Woo! It is twenty twenty. Yeah, so and soon, like like next week.
1: And season five still going on, but just exciting that we got another season. yay yay!
0: Amazing. So that's it. We did it. One, no, two more weeks left. We have The Wiz, and then we have Final Cut. Ooh. A lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Cutty, cutty, cut, cut. Guys, this is amazing. And then amazing. we have it next month on, uh, uh, I'll tell you later. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so excited for next month, too. Five weeks next month. That means we have to cover five movies. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Whoever tell you we, you what, we're guys. talking about.
2: Yeah. <laughs> tell you what, though. This has been exciting. Between Joe Dante and Dee Dee Allen, just the movies we've been watching.
0: My God we haven't really been watching any bad ones so you know even the lesser ones are I still like I really love that I there.
1: accidentally watched a remake of this movie and I just realized <laughs> it while we were talking about that it
0: that is kind of amazing uh, but yeah no th- this month has been really good so far and we've got nothing but very interesting things coming up like we have two very very different films <laughs> coming after this yeah. and I'm quite excited uh, so thank you very much for listening please keep listening and bye bye
1: <laughs> Attica Oh my god.